courage, the substance of hope and faith. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Uh, we're in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're in the red letters. We're continuing with the red letters. We've had a lot of fun in this season in the red letters. And so we're continuing with Matthew chapter 6 today. And I'm going to read out of the N. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to read out of, actually. Uh, I think I'm going to read out of the NIV. But we might hop back and forth between the NIV and the NASB. So I probably don't have time for everything we prepared today. So then we'll kind of see where we go from here. We're sharing our preaching experiences with Pastor Joel and uh, Zach, who is the youth pastor, generation pastor. So we're kind of sharing some preaching experiences over this summer months. And uh, so today uh, is my turn. Matthew chapter 6. You ready? Uh, Matthew chapter 6. I think I'll read the first two little sections and then... We'll jump into some commentary, a little bit of thought about it. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Do we have it on the screens? We're there? We're good? So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And some have added, will reward you openly. So let's, let's jump in and talk about that a little bit. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 comes out of Matthew chapter 5, and uh, we've spent a little bit of time uh, recognizing that that is the, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and so Jesus spends some time in Matthew chapter 5 talking about morality, talking about our heart, talking about true religion. And it's really a powerful shift. He's really... He's really preaching before an occurrence. He's really preaching before the shift. Uh, and he's setting the tone for the shift so that really when we look back or when the disciples would look back or when Matthew, who writes this, Matthew, Luke, and uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, both, all three wrote the synoptic gospels. That is, uh, they're similar uh, in their content but from a different perspective. Uh, when they looked back... Uh, you know, then they had this recorded that Jesus said, but uh, a lot of what he was saying here was going to come with the shift of the heart. It was going to come with the shift of the heart. And he's actually talking a little bit in Matthew chapter 5 even about the shift of the kingdom. And he's talking about the kingdom of heaven and, and uh, 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 what that's like. Well, we know the kingdom of heaven was really launched with his advent. 
And Joel talked about that a little bit when she took us back to Daniel chapter 2. Way back in the beginning of the red letters, she took us back to Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7. And we read about the Son of Man, one like the Son of Man, coming up to the Ancient of Days. And given him was a kingdom. And uh, that, was, that was symbolic of the beginning of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says in Mark, uh, Matthew 16, some of you standing here will actually see this happen. You'll see the kingdom come with power. And so, you know, we, we know that there was a shift, uh, and it says actually in Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, that this would happen in the days of those kings. You remember that? You that are familiar with Scripture, you're familiar with that a little bit. He says, in the days of those kings, this kingdom will be set up. So what kings? It's, it's the kings that, uh, the last fourth kingdom that's spoken of there. It's the Roman kingdom. So we know, looking back now, that during the period of the Roman kingdom, uh, that's when Jesus was here. And then Jesus ascended, and as he approached the Ancient of Days, a kingdom was given him. And that kingdom is a progressive kingdom. It's a, it's a growing kingdom. It's not only growing within the hearts of man, but it's growing in expression in the earth. As Jesus, the superior one, Jesus, the, the Lord, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, he's called, is elevated and his kingdom grows. Remember, Father said to him in Psalm 110, in Hebrews 1, sit here at my right hand until I make all of your enemies a footstool for you. And so there's a progressive revelation of the kingdom, and the kingdom is growing. So Matthew chapter 5, he's actually leading us. There's a lot of stuff happening in Matthew chapter 5 where he's leading us out of the religious expression that they knew. Now, we're not so familiar with it uh, because we're Gentiles, and we, we haven't come from the religious expression that they knew. We can learn about it. We can read about it. And we become familiar through the Old Testament. And unfortunately, uh, there's so much Old Testament influence in modern Gentile churches that we become way too familiar with it maybe than we really ought to be. Just a thought. Uh, and so we too take on very religious uh, trappings and attributes and activities and behavior. And of course, we're prone to do so. Uh, when, when the law was given to Moses... And that is such a huge part of the Old Testament. So when the law was given to Moses, fast forward, you know, uh, hundreds of years, we not only have the law, but we have the law that was then taken hostage by the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious. And so when Jesus comes, it wasn't just that they were living under the Mosaic law and all that was described uh, during the, the period of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, but they were also living under the religious trappings, the religious, the religiosity, the writings, the instruction now of the Pharisees of whom Jesus called hypocrites. So Jesus observes, you know, uh, their behavior, and he, call, he calls what they were doing uh, hypocritical. And uh, the law even as good as the law was, as a foreshadowing of the Christ, the law had been taken hostage by the religious. 
and made to be something that was even beyond, further beyond the intent of Father. And so Jesus is speaking to this in Matthew chapter 5, and uh, in Matthew chapter 6, uh, he goes on and he begins to address some of these things. So um, uh, I, I want to speak a little bit to, uh, to some of that. Uh, the, the three elements that he touches on right away in Matthew chapter 6, by the way, are interrelated to the Pharisees. So three major components or elements of the Pharisees were uh, the giving of alms, prayer, and fasting. So these are three huge areas that he hits or hammers or confronts or brings correction to right away in chapter 6, the giving of alms, prayer, and fasting. And what he addresses had become a commonplace in what would have been then, you know, synagogue activity or religious activity. And, of course, uh, in the Jewish life, in the Hebrew life, when Jesus came, uh, the, the religious life was interwoven into the secular life. So the secular and the sacred, uh, they weren't separate. They were intertwined together. And so Jesus confronts these first things right away uh, in this passage of chapter 6 with these, these confrontations. Uh, let me read it again. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Uh, by the way, this is not, it's not to be inferred there that you'll have no reward when you get to heaven, but you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. Just kind of, you know, working through this, thinking through this a little bit, uh, I couldn't help but think that chapter 6, the emphasis of chapter 6 in a huge way is on reward. How many of you like rewards? Anybody in the building like rewards? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. The emphasis of chapter 6 in a huge way is reward. But what's interesting, uh, what's interesting under the law and then under the hijacked mosaic period and system hijacked by the Pharisees. What, what's interesting, and this is, again, before, before righteousness was imputed to your heart. This is after the fall, Genesis chapter 3. Before righteousness could be imputed to you, the righteousness of Jesus applied to your heart, that's right relationship with Father, as a gift through faith, therefore making you right with Father, therefore restoring you as a son or a daughter of God, reversing the fall, so to speak, of Genesis 15, of Genesis 3, 15 and following. Before that happened, self-esteem, honor, self-worth, the way you felt about yourself, in other words, had to come through the religious system that was set up. It had to come through hierarchy. It had to come through the priesthood. It had to come through the nod. 
of those who served at the tabernacle. That's the way it had to happen. That's actually the way it had to work because you, as an Old Testament follower of Jehovah, didn't have the privilege of the indwelling Holy Spirit and the covering of righteousness imputed to you as a gift through Yeshua and his work on the cross on your behalf. Are you following me? So this, this was super important. By the way, this was what he was, what he was speaking or about to declare was not only super common, but it was, it was actually an important way of living. This is, this is the way they derived a, a lot of, and, and, and I don't know that they had a great choice. I don't know if you can feel what I'm feeling, but, but, but through the priesthood and through the hierarchy of the priesthood, this is why, by the way, just some thoughts. This is why uh, modern church leaders are not to be called priests because we are all kings and priests unto our God, serving, deriving salvation through one high priest, Jesus Christ. How many of you know there's only one high priest? There's only one high priest. This guy is not him. The one in Rome is not him. There's only one high priest. And so, and so if we could, you know, back the tape up a little bit and just think about that time period a little bit and then just realize this is part of what he's speaking to is that we're so careful that when we fast forward to Ephesians 4 or we fast forward to Acts 13 where Saul and Barnabas were sent out or Ephesians 4 where Jesus gave his gifts to men. And, and so it says he ascended, Ephesians 4, 4 through 8. He ascended and he gave his gifts to men. And then it goes on to say, even so, and we call these offices in the church, he gave the gifts of prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle, right? And he names, he, he names those four. But in 1 Corinthians 12, there's a bunch more named. And he doesn't ever say, though, that he gave those gifts to those who will be paid at a church. Those gifts have been poured out upon the body of Christ. Those gifts have been poured out even upon you. Those gifts have been distributed, the gifts of Jesus, so that we, we with one another, as we serve in the fear of the Lord, as we serve with the mind of Christ, as we serve with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit's able to use us one to another to build one another up in love, Right? And so truly the leadership of the church actually belongs a lot more to all of us than we realize. And truly the leadership of the church is not a priesthood leadership wherein we look for the nod, the affirmation, the self-esteem. Truly the leadership of the church is actually equipping offices, not priesthood. I'm not your priest. There's no priest in this house but Jesus. The leadership of the church is equipping. We equip one another. The word is to equip, Ephesians 4, is to build up. 
It's to edify. It's to equip. It's the word equip or edify out of Ephesians 4. It's to make an edifice. In other words, it's to add lumber to somebody else. It's to frame in a wall. It's to put a roof on. It's to, it's to strengthen. It's to build of one another an edifice by, by us distributing what Jesus has given us. Jesus gives you something wherein you're to take it and like Lumberman's, Lowe's, Home Depot, Pro Source, Builder Source, whatever you want to call it, you're to take some of the lumber that God's giving you, some of the fasteners, some of the nails, some of the screws, some of the, some of the three tabs, some of the architectural, some of the windows, some of the extrusions. Of, uh, uh, you're, you're supposed to take that stuff and fitly frame it onto others, one to another. Not dependent on me. You're not, the body is not dependent on me. We are all dependent upon Jesus, and Jesus is to be orchestrating ministry through every single person in this room. Every single person in this room. Jesus is, if we really had a New Testament church, we would not be asking pastor, what can I do? We would be asking Jesus what we could do, and we would be paying attention to what he says. We would be doing it effectively, and the ministry would be expanding and growing and going nuts. And this is part of what he's trying to deliver us from in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6. He's trying to deliver us from a priest-oriented religion. He's saying, that is done. It's literally over. I'm closing it out. I'm putting an end to it. Priest-oriented religious system, the mosaic system, the pharisaical sabotage that's been built around the mosaic system, it's over. I'm closing it out. It's done. It's done. You're to look to your Father. You're to look to your Father. Father will instruct you. The Holy Spirit will instruct you. I will instruct you. I'm the Lord of the church. I'm the Lord of the people of God. And guess what? That means your your praise, your thanksgiving, your affirmation, your self-worth, your value, it's also supposed to come from him and not one man, 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 not one man. We're still hijacked by Pharisees. The church, our own hearts, our own hearts are still hijacked by Pharisees, still hijacked by an orphan spirit, still hijacked by an orphan spirit. Years ago, we were part of a network. We were involved in a network, and uh, and we uh, we had a huge gift come into the church, like over a hundred thousand dollars. We had a huge gift come into the church, and so uh, I believe in apostolic relationship. I believe in apostolic networks, and and. Uh, I believe that we need those. We need to be covered through apostolic relationship. We need to be accountable to apostolic relationship. So the network we were in, we felt like that we should uh, participate in giving a large gift ourselves out of the gift that had come in. And so we did that. We wrote a check, and we sent that off, and it got their attention. 
um, we didn't do what we did to get their attention. But it got their attention. And next thing you know, uh, somebody from the ministry was on the phone. And next thing you know, they wanted to come visit the church. And next thing you know, they wanted to hold a meeting here at the church. And next thing, and it was kind of an odd thing that developed. Uh, it was kind of a cool thing and an odd thing. Why was it cool? Well, it was kind of cool to be recognized, to be noted, to be all at once with the in crowd. I mean, we were literally on the outs. We were just a little, this is a huge ministry organization. Television presence across the world, a gigantic ministry organization, a gigantic church and, and Bible college and television programs and worldwide outreach. And we were just these little, we were a little flea that joined from, Tacoma, Washington. We were just a little flea. Just a little flea. We kind of joined the network, and we were just a little part of the network. But all at once, we gave a gift. We were in the in crowd. <clears throat> I don't even know what to do in the in crowd. What? <laughs> Somebody else has got to do this part, but I don't know. But... All at once, we were then the cool crowd. Like our name were in lights. I don't know what was going on back there, but neon lights, you know, new horizon, new horizon, new horizon. Like we were special. All at once, we were getting like these cool phone calls, and we were like in, brought into a special place in the network, and because we gave this gift. Now, I, I, I will submit to you that sometimes we do know people's hearts through a gift. And a gift makes way for the giver. And so sometimes it is identified what a, a person's heart is. But what the Lord's talking to throughout this passage in Matthew 6 is the motive of the heart. The motive of the heart. Can we give and not be noticed? Can we give and not be brought into the limelight? Can we serve? Can we give? Can we, can we, can we be involved? See, the pharisaical system is built around recognition from leadership. It's built around the need to be promoted, the need to be recognized, the need to have a special spot. Oh, you, you, you had a big gift last month. We, we got a special sparking space for you out here with your name on it. Can we, can we serve? Can we? How many of you know that ministry can, giving, serving, uh, be it alms giving, be it, be it uh, financial giving, be it ministry giving, can be extremely lonely? Have you, anybody in the building experienced the loneliness of giving? I know many of you have felt it because you've shown up for outreach and you were the only one. You opened your home for a small group and nobody came. 
you signed up for the nursery, and there were three others that signed up, and they didn't show. You signed up for the mission team, and only two others signed up, and and you kind of you signed up for you know church cleaning day, and and you were the only one that signed up, or the sun came out and everybody else blew it off. Can can you can you endure a thankless system? Or do you need to be a Pharisee? Do you need your do you need the praise of man? I'll just tell you right now that uh, Joel and I will fail you if you do. We are not near as skilled as the Pharisees of the Lord's day were. Our tally bar is uh, falls short. Uh, our ledger system falls short. The elders will fail you. We'll, they'll fail you. The Lipinskis and the Barnetts, the Sims, everybody on the leadership team, leadership team is going to fail you if you need a Pharisee system. If you need a special phone call because you put in a special offering. If you need special recognition, if you need a special place up front, if you, if you need people to notice you or note you, if you need that. And really, that's an indication. What he's, what he's really trying to say is there's going to be such a powerful shift when indwelling righteousness comes, when you connect with Father as your Father, when you recognize and realize he's made you an authentic son or daughter, there's going to be such a powerful shift that you will no longer and should no longer look to the praise of man, the praise of the priest, the praise of hierarchy, the praise of leadership, the affirmation. Now, that doesn't mean that we're mean to one another. It doesn't mean that we're lazy. Well, I should send them a thank you note, but I don't need to. You know, they really blessed us this week, but I don't think I need to tell them that. You know, it's not that we're lazy. It's not that any leadership in your midst should be lazy. It's just that, that, that he's talking to your motive. He's not talking to the leader's motive. Right now, he's talking to your motive. Is your motive to be seen? It dawned on me when, when that ministry wanted to come, and they showed up, and they brought, you know, they actually flew in on a private jet. And it actually dawned on me that, boy, you know, we could, we could work this a little bit. Wow, these guys are actually receptive to the leverage of money. If we keep our offerings pretty strong, I could be a bigwig with these people. Hello. No, we decided that was not the organization for us. That was not the organization for us. That was not the organization for us. See, we don't want to be connected to those who are moved by money, and we do not want to be those who are moved by money ourselves. We don't want to be bought with praise. We don't want to be moved or motivated by the glance, the affirming glance of leadership. There's a superior leader. This is what he's trying to tell us in Matthew 6. There's a superior leader who, 
whose glance we want to be moved by. There's a superior leader whose affirmation we want to be moved by, whose pleasure we want to be moved by. There's one that if we please him, if we, if we please him, and, you know, I just, I'm thinking about the modern church and how our own hearts, our own hearts are hijacked by an orphan spirit. We don't really come into the abiding sonship. We don't fully often receive who we are as a son. We don't, we don't drive out and dismiss the rejection and the condemnation that wants to cling to our own soul. And so, therefore, by looking for reward in one another, reward in man, he makes it clear here, you know what we're doing? Missing the reward of Father. How many modern Christians are settling for a mere temporal reward from those around them and totally missing because this is the emphasis of Matthew 6. And there's a greater reward for you. He's starting a brand new. One kingdom is over. The kingdom of the law, the dispensation of Moses is over. I'm starting a brand new dispensation. And in this dispensation, don't look for the reward of man. Don't look for the reward of leadership. Look for the reward of Father. There's a greater reward that's going to be poured out on your life. And then he says, he says over and over again, when you receive your reward from men, if that was your motive to receive it, you've received your reward in full. That's all you get. If your motive was to be seen, that's all you get. If your motive was your name in lights, that's all you get. If your motive was to be recognized, that's all you get. If your motive was to get on the eldership team, that's all you get. If your motive was to become the leader of something, that's all you get. You don't get Father's reward. Wouldn't you rather have Father's reward? Wouldn't you? What would happen in the modern church if we started looking to the reward from above instead of the reward of those that we're serving? This is part of what's crippling us. We hear from Jesus, and then we evaluate that against our modern leadership. Jesus actually gives us instruction, and then we say, well, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they would want me to do that. I don't know if, I don't know if that would fly. I well, I don't know if they're into that. I don't know. It's probably the very thing that your, that your leadership's been praying for, the very thing they've been praying for. They've been praying for this. They've been praying in secret that somebody would step forward, but you're not sure if it would gain you any points with them, and so you dismiss the leading of the Lord. Let's no longer pursue the praise of man, but the praise of the superior one. And ask the band to come this morning. And uh, 
ask you to stand. I want to read it again. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. He doesn't say don't practice your righteousness in front of others. Jesus lived his life practicing his righteousness in front of others. He says just don't do it to be seen by them. To be seen by them. Practice. Practice. Practice the righteousness you've been given, but not to be noticed, not to be seen, not to be promoted, not to be praised, not to be affirmed. And if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. For truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. Wow. More there. We didn't get to that. Maybe we'll get back to that. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. Holy Spirit, we're so excited about this dispensation you've brought us into. We're, we are so excited that we live in this day, this dispensation of the new creation, this, this dispensation of Jesus, this dispensation of the new creation. Oh, 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 we're so blessed that the testimony of the living one is within us and that, that, that there is one high priest, that there is one high priest, that we live in such a day where we have one who leads us, who shepherds us, who guides us, who rewards us, who rewards us, who rewards us. And we just acknowledge before you this morning, we, we come this morning trading in a Pharisee attitude, trading in a Pharisee mindset, trading in a Pharisee added, uh, attribute or attitude. Or we, want, we just want to trade it in this morning. We want to trade it in. We want to trade in inferior rewards for superior rewards. We want to trade in looking to the praise of man, to the praise of our Father. We just acknowledge a trade-in this morning. We want to live in this superior kingdom. We, we want to live in this higher realm. We want to live out of that upper room life, that higher life. We want to tune our ear better. Well, come on, say it. Tune my ear better. Tune my ear better. I want to be tuned in, Holy Spirit, to your leading. I want to be tuned in because it's out of your leading that comes direction, that comes clarity, that comes wisdom, that comes ministry, that comes reward, that comes reward, that comes reward. A reward from above. I want to be tuned into that. We want to be a people who are activated, released in ministry. We want to be people not looking for a priest to tell us what to do, but looking for the high priest to tell us what to do. We want to be a people that are so connected, so connected to your ministry, Jesus, so connected to what you would distribute through us, what you would say through us, what you would do through us, so activated by you, Jesus, that the church flourishes, that those around us are edified, that we can throw lumber on one another, that we can build 
build up. We can edify. We can make an edifice. We can strengthen one another that we're not waiting for a priest to tell us what to do. We have the voice of the high priest within. And we partake of the reward from above. Loose this in our midst. Loose the fullness of Jesus. Every person raised up in the full stature of Jesus. Every person, every person. Oh, from the east to the west of this auditorium, from the north to the south of this auditorium, every single person raised up into the full stature of Jesus. Walking in the offices you've called us to. We thank you for it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, give the Lord a thank offering. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, let's worship as we close. I don't know how to close. Let's worship as we close. Oh, all glory to him. Amen. Amen, amen. Love you, church. God bless you. Tethered. Are we going to do the tethered song? I think that's the song to do is the tethered song. Let's go. Let's do the tethered song.